Welcome back to the Suresh Podcast. In the last episode, we heard how Sikh of Guru Tegh Bahadur took the head of Guru Tegh Bahadur and he was bringing it to Anandpur Sahib. We heard about a messenger who brought this message to Guru Gobind Singh that the head was on its way. Chapter 3 now begins describing how Guru Gobind Singh joined Mata Gujari, his mother, and Mata Nanaki, his grandmother. He approached them, he sat in their company, and the Guru asked them, where should we perform the funeral rites for the Guru's head? Tell me what would be best. At that time, sitting with Mata Gujri and Mata Nanaki, a group of sons were there, and they responded. Respectfully, they clasped their hands together and said, Where Guru Hargobind was cremated at Kirtpur, since that day, everybody in the Sodhi clan has had their funeral rites performed there. And even then, though Mata Gujri and Mata Nanaki, whatever you guys decide is best, think and reflect on this, about what you should do. Mata Gujri, hearing this, disagreed and spoke out, saying the Sordis had not founded any other villages. That's why they all do their funeral rites here. When Guru Tegh Bahadur accepted the Guruship, the Guru left this area and the relatives here, these Sordis, who were filled with such jealousy, which is why they felt they shouldn't remain here amongst all this dispute. Guru Tegh Bahadur, who is forever in the peaceful state of mind, they came here to this area, this great location, which they called Anandpur. The Guru gave lots of money and purchased the land here and helped construct it in all sorts of ways. They named it Anandpur, the village of bliss, when seeing how delightful and gratefully blissful this area was. So bring the Guru's head here, to this place, and let us complete the funeral rites here. Mata Nanaki, the Guru's mother, she also is very old and she weeps. She too will then get a chance to see the beautiful, exalted face of her son. And this is why it's the best place to perform the funeral rites. Understand it as such. When saying this, Mata Gujri, the wife of Guru Tegh Bahadur, at the end of it, her throat just tightened up. She wasn't able to speak. She had such love for the Guru swell up within her. The true Guru, Guru Gobind Singh, heard the words of his mother and accepted them as wise and proper. They all got ready to bring the Guru's head. They told both of the mothers, Mata Gujri, Guru Tegh Bahadur's wife, Mata Nanaki, Guru Tegh Bahadur's mother, to stay home. Others who joined along took with them all sorts of supplies and headed towards where the Sikhs had gathered with the head of the Guru. The Sikhs spent lots of money preparing a beautiful chariot. They picked it up, they headed down the path. They met with many sons and other Sikhs. Meeting with the Guru, they went with him, following at the rear. They began singing recitations of Gurbani while tears were flowing down from their eyes. They finally arrived there at Kirithpur and they all began to reminisce and began to praise the great Guru, Guru Tegh Bahadur. Along the way, wherever the Sikh had taken the head of the Guru, he would stay far away from the cities to avoid suspicion. Now, the men and women of the town of Kirithpur, when they found out, they were so distressed, they were in great grief. They wailed, they cried, they moaned out very loudly. They were very pained by it all, and in great pain, they were meeting each other that morning. At that point, they placed the Guru's head on the chariot, and they all bowed down. They were f- flying whisks in all four directions over the head, extremely expensive shawls, which were embroidered along the side in silver and gold, were placed upon the Guru's head. They sprinkled wonderful rose flower all over, and they tied up garlands of flowers and wreathed the Guru's head with them. They sprinkled many fragrance too, and sweet aroma arose from the chariot as they went forward towards Anandpur. They sang in rags, musical modes, the many words of the Guru, 
with many mardang drums and rababs as well. Maru rag was sung along with the rag varhans. Various stanzas of Gurbani were also placed within these rags as they tra- traveled forward on their way. As they were traveling up towards the city of Nandwar, people along the path were throwing money up around the chariot. They threw yellow flowers over the chariot and many men and women watching this were all struck with such grief. Others took coins and they were making it rain over the Guru's chariot. Slowly, slowly they arrived at Nanandpur and with them they brought great grief upon the city. Groups of Masans in attendance six rushed to the chariot on all four directions. Many conches were blown thunderously and the six were swearing and they were cursing Aurangzeb <laughs> greatly. They were saying, may his roots sink into the salty seas. What a vile child he is. May he destroy the reign of his dynasty. When they came to the city of Nandpur, young, old, men, women, everybody heard the news. Mata Gujri left her home and went into the city to meet the chariot and the procession. Nanaki, however, being really old, she remained at home. Her age had made her weak and ill. Everybody else, though, left their dwellings, filled with anxiety greatly. They were thinking about the tragedy that had occurred. When she saw the great splendor of the chariot, Mata Gujri meditated upon the great virtues of her husband. She thought, Oh Guru Tegh Bahadur, your son is so young, your mother is so old, suffering such great tragedies. She folded her hands, she bowed down, tears were falling from her eyes. They then led the chariot to the place where the logs of sandalwood lay in heaps, ready for the funeral rites, and when they had reached there, Mata Nanaki also arrived who wailed and cried loudly, yelling the name of the Guru. Oh, my son, you were the form of peace. May I see your face just this one last time. And now, may I die from this grief. How can I even continue to live on, pained in such a way? Hearing this painful cry, Guru Gobind Singh commanded they lower the chariot to be in view of Mata Nanaki. Pulling back the folds of cloth, Mata Gujri with her son Guru Gobind Singh beheld the Guru's face. Mata Nanaki gazed at her son, weeping. Full streams of tears flowed down her cheeks as she caressed the face of the Guru with her own hand. The face of the Guru looked just as if Guru Tegh Bahadur was alive and well in all their splendor, their forehead gleaming with glory. Both eyes were gently shut like the leaves of the lotus flower without water folding up on themselves. The black and white strands of hair of his head and beard gleamed in the light. Groups of Masans of grade 6 burned with a desire to see the Guru and they're all gathering, shuffling, close to get a glimpse of the Guru. Soon, this amounted to be a great crowd and all were bowing down with great love and their heads, they were in such a state of grief. They covered the Guru's face and set up the funeral pyre with pain and sorrow, wounded as if stabbed in the heart. They placed the Guru's head upon the sandalwood logs Everybody at that point was so disheartened that attendants put fire in the hand of the holy Guru, Guru Gobind Singh, who then set the pyre ablaze and flames arose on all four sides of the pyre. Guru Gobind Singh performed many parakaramas walking around the pyre, before then bowing down with great love in their heart for their father. The plume-wearing Guru performed all rites before then bathing. Everybody then sat down at the bank of Satluj River and all sang Gurbani that which brings great bliss. Some were quietly listening, others were just focused with full attention, staring at Guru Gobind Singh in contemplation. Guru Gobind Singh completed all the funeral rites like the Talanjal 
the offering of water and oil to one's deceased father. These rites, which were long-standing in the world, they just performed that. They then took off their wet clothes and adorned themselves in new clothes before presenting themselves within the congregation again. The congregation, though, was sitting there listening to the Rababi singing Kirtan. They would often break out into bodies, stanzas. They concluded and then performed in Ardas, a supplication, and everybody bowed their heads in reverence. Prashad was prepared, distributed to everybody. The plume-wearing guru leading the group slowly made their way back home. At that place where they could all sit and rest, they began to sing again the great praises of Guru Tegh Bahadur. They were saying the Guru was the pinnacle of patience in this age, the bearer of mercy, the equal which was not found in anybody else. Aurangzeb, that moron, had committed such a vile sin, may he be thrown into the pains of hell. Guru Tegh Bahadur, in giving his head, has propped it up to people of Hindustan, such as the conduct, the tradition of the Guru's house to protect others. Otherwise, the traditions of the Vedas, Puranas, Tiras, Devas, Dehras, all these Indic traditions would have come to ruin. Without the great Gurudev, Guru Tegh Bahadur, who else is there who can give their own life breath to secure dharam, righteousness in the world? Blessed, blessed forever is Guru Tegh Bahadur who performed such an act of bravery and saved the people. The Sikh who brought the Guru's head from the city of Delhi, he was brought then close to Guru Gobind Singh and he sat down. Guru Gobind Singh then asked him, How did you get the Guru's head? How did it come within your hands? Did you? Did nobody see you? Did nobody halt you? Did nobody stop you? There are many soldiers on watch there. How did they all become so careless? Please, tell us all. That Sikh then folded his hands and began describing what happened. He said, With the aid of the Guru, only was I successful. When the Guru's head fell from his body, a great cloud of dust arose and filled the eyes of everybody in the crowd. And while nobody was looking, I quickly covered the Guru's head with not an ounce of fear in my heart. And then a great commotion arose. And hearing this, I quickly went on my way, not to be caught red-handed. Many soldiers were on guard there, but I quickly powered on and hurried past them. Nobody stopped me, and I got out of the city and set down the path. Only later did they begin the search, and all were astonished not to find the Guru's head. They thought that maybe somebody had taken the head away and ran, so they sent cavalry troops to find me. At some distance away from the city, they caught up with me, recognizing me as somebody who was there. I was so afraid at that point. And on the road, I saw a few wagons trudling along, and I quickly placed the Guru's head within one. These soldiers were angrily yelling at everybody, searching everybody there along the path. And they came up to me and they said, stop, stop right there. They saw a cloth which I had. They took it from my hands and they shook it out to make sure nothing was in there. Then they went to all the wagons, stopping them as they passed by. When they were looking at the back of one wagon, at that point, the Guru's head, it rolled forward to the front. When they saw nothing at the back, they went to the front. And at that point, the Guru's head slid back to the back end of the wagon. They were defeated, deceived in this manner. Only I saw the Guru's head. Nobody else there was able to see it. They gave up searching and took off back down the road to Delhi. When they were totally out of sight, only then I went back to that wagon. I took care of the Guru's head, wrapping it in this fine cloth. I placed the Guru's head on my own head. And then quickly, I continued my journey. I didn't stop at all that night. Fearlessly, I continued on with the command of the Guru that I had received. And just like the Guru instructed me to do, I performed that action without any fear. The Guru himself was my aid. All praise to them for blessing me. After smuggling the head out of Delhi, 
where there were countless guards, the true Guru Guru Tegh Bahadur became the support of the Hindus, the Hindustan people, sustaining their Janeu and Tilak. A great roar and commotion spread over Delhi at that point. I don't know anything about that, so ask properly somebody who had come from Delhi after I had left, if you want to know that. This is how chapter 3 concludes. In the next chapter, we're going to hear more about the funeral rites that take place with Guru Tegh Bahadur's head in Anandpur. So that's where we'll pick up next time. But as always, we'd like to thank you for supporting the Suraj Podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page. I'm going to go to the house. 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 I'm going to go to the house.